Hello and welcome to House of Fire and Blood, the podcast where we ask, what if George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood were told more like HBO's show, House of the Dragon? My name is Gretchen, I use they, them pronouns, and here with me is Caroline. Hi everyone, I'm Caroline, I use she, her pronouns, and welcome to our continuing uh, analysis of Fire and Blood. Yeah, we are still in the chapter, The Sons of the Dragon. We are in the fourth section. <laughs> this yes. is a very long chapter. Episode seven, fourth section. I don't, I don't know how we did this with the numbers, but it's so confusing <laughs> to me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But yeah, so we're reading, uh, continuing now with um, our, our good boy, Magor, and all of his good, good things. Yeah. And all the good yeah. things he did. That's, that's why he's known as Magor the bestest boy. <laughs> Magor the greatest. <laughs> Magor the, the sweetest, nicest man. <laughs> Magor the uh, angel. Okay, so maybe, maybe he's not the best. But, okay, let's get into our high-level summary. He does a good thing. He continues his dad's sport. Yes. After his dad dies. Yes. Yes. Aenys did not seem all that interested in finishing the Aegon Fort. But Magor is definitely finishing the Aegon Fort. And uh, I have a I have a note later on that we like maybe we should call it at this point the Magor Fort. The Magor Fort. I saw that. I love the that. Magor Fort. Um, I, I it love does get that called Magor. Magor's Holdfast, so you know. I mean, there's at least a there's at least a Magor Fort within the Aegon Fort. Yes. You know, there's at least there's like a nested fort system occurring mm-hmm. here. Right. But right. I think that's important that Magor knew like his dad his dad was really it was really important to his dad to finish that. Right. The most important legacy that he can continue. Yeah. From his dad's so the text, is the Magor. The fort. text does say that a lot of what Aegon had been doing got like redesigned and Magor added the like secret passages and such that which are still, you know, active in a song of ice and fire. Um I don't know if that's true or not. I, that's a hard one for me to figure out, uh, but we can we can talk about it more later. Anyway, sorry. This is our summary section, Caroline. The summary section. <laughs> um, as we as we've been discussing, we talked about it last time. Uh, Magor is continuing to fight the faith mm-hmm. um, as like the the next strongest power base in Westeros. He's he's gonna keep fighting with them. Um, he he, which includes making the warrior son and the poor fellows illegal, um, mm-hmm. and um, the high septon maybe, but actually definitely getting murdered. Uh, yes, uh, almost certainly getting murdered. Yeah. <laughs> we will yeah, discuss, almost, but yeah, he almost he, certainly. <laughs> I mean, right, chances of him not having been murdered are like very very small. Yep, yep, it, it, it's a bitsy spider small. Right, right. Uh, It'd be super convenient, too. Just right yeah. at the right time, he just dies. You know, sometimes people just conveniently perish just as you're about to uh, be right. buried alive. So, you know, sometimes the gods just act on your behalf. At, you know, those seven. You never know with the seven what they're doing. <laughs> uh, Magor also gets his first wife back. He and Cerise reunite. We talk about maybe why that happened a little bit later, but you know, mm-hmm. um, he's got a second wedding and bedding, which is super great, so fun. Love this. For maybe him. he just likes parties. Maybe he just likes Ooh. to have weddings. You know, you know like Agor, let not Agor. <laughs> um, Aegon did like to have a you know a party on parade. 
remember. Yeah, maybe, maybe Maker's just really maybe Maker's passion was like wedding planning. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And he just really liked it. Yeah. I love that so, idea. He didn't have any kids to do the 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 arranging with, so he just kept doing it with himself mm-hmm. over and right? over. He was like, yes, he was trying to carry on their tradition of Rainey's and Visenya planning all the weddings, but he couldn't do it, so he just mm-hmm. plans a bunch of weddings for himself. Yeah, he's like, it's fine. <laughs> this time, this time it'll be the first one we did fire and blood with the skulls and whatever. It was really cool. This mm-hmm. time we'll do, you know, maybe like a little lavender theme. <laughs> maybe some like cream and lavender. It's a nice classy touch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for uh, for Cerise. That's what I'd like to imagine. <laughs> uh, and while this is happening, Aegon wins the award for the worst time to try and make a bid oh, for power. Oh, he's such a doofus. <laughs> doofus doofus my god like you know he's i could he's just sitting to himself and going you know you know what the best time is for me to try and seize power from my uncle is right after he has literally destroyed the second most powerful power base and just consolidated his hold on all of westeros that is the best time yeah perfect time for me to be like you know what no i'm king yeah, what's the problem? Uh, is it, this is like his first decision to press his claim after Magor is like crowned and has like his coronation and his weddings and all this. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And our girl Reyna's in the background, just like, "What are you doing? Right. Why are you like this?" Yeah. Right. Like literally begging him to stop, and he's like, "Nope, nope. This, this is like, the best no. time. I don't know what you're talking about, Reyna." Yeah. So he marches his army into um, big death, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. actually our first. Uh, that's our first dragon battle. Yeah, first dragon wow. v dragon. That's Balerion versus Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. And Balerion wins a lot. Yep. Yeah. Balerion didn't even need to roll a natural twenty. Balerion rolled like maybe like an like an eleven or a twelve. Right. And yeah. Just destroys Quicksilver. Yeah, Quicksilver just was not was no match. Yeah. Absolutely no match. Um. And, of course, Raina saw it coming, and it's very sad for her. She continues to be, like, the smartest person in the room, and no one listens. She's like a, she's like a genius. She's like a genius. She's like, and as we go on, like, she's like a political genius, genuinely. Yep. Like, in line with, like, Catelyn Stark, Sansa Stark kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, she just knows what's up. And, like, she didn't go with him to this battle, and she had a dragon. So the question mm-hmm. is, like, if Quicksilver and Dreamfire had both been there, would it have made a difference? <laughs> They're both pretty young dragons. I think it depends on the skill of the rider. I right. think, like, Reyna's, like, you know, she'd been flying for a long time. Aegon had only just claimed Quicksilver shortly before this. Right. Yes. So, uh, um, basically, I don't know. I don't think it would have made a difference. I think just then our girl would have been dead, and that would have been bad. Right, and we don't want her to be dead. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, we get our first monster baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, Magor's wife, Alice, high, uh, she's Hightower, right? Alice Hightower? Haraway. No? Haraway, there we go. Um, Haraway ha- gets pregnant. Woo, yay, everyone yay. celebrates. And then she miscarries. It's unclear how far into her pregnancy she was. It says three moons turns. But that's after they knew that she was pregnant. So, like, I don't know how. Right. You know what I mean? Like, how Right. I mean, in. at the earliest, it's four months. But right. I was thinking probably closer to six. Yeah, it's probably, like, later in the second trimester. Um, uh-huh. But she miscarries. The baby's allegedly all deformed. And... Yes. Magor is not happy about it. No. No. <laughs> no. That is not my son. Yeah. And uh, do you want to 
explain what happens with like that with all that with like Tiana and the, the oh dudes. yeah yeah um Tiana is like oh yeah you're right definitely not your kid um Alice was totally cheating on with you with like a hundred other guys mm-hmm. uh, here's a list of names <laughs> here's a list of names and then they're tortured and provide more names um mm-hmm. and apparently Alice literally slept with like everyone that was mm-hmm. available um so she gets uh tortured and murdered because yep cool and tyena uh, tyena and meg are doing the torturing together supposedly supposedly yeah yeah the, Ma- yeah, the, the maester says that you know tyena was doing the torturing and like Megor watched and it yeah. was like hot or something. This is really undermining my romance reread of Megor Targaryen. I'm having a hard time uh-huh. <laughs> reconciling all this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll and I think it's that. hard for this is the section or we're beginning a section where uh it is harder to I think read romance and harder to read Tyanna as um just a hundred percent maligned. I I am so confused by the Tyanna character. And we'll probably need the next the next section is the rest of the chapter. We'll probably need the whole chapter to, to have a full conversation. Right. I don't understand why Tyen is acting like this. I can imagine a few different scenarios though uh-huh. that that maintain my romance reread of Baycor. <laughs> uh-huh. So I will die on this hill. No, I won't. I won't die on this hill. I just <laughs> I, I'm just I'm trying to see if the hill exists. <laughs> right, 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 right. We're still in that. We're still mapping everything. Right, exactly. All right. right. So that's pretty much what happens in this section. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're on to what was the maester thinking, Gretchen? What what was the maester thinking this time? Um, well, I mean, Maester is Magor is clearly a very bad man. He's very mm-hmm. bad, the worst. Um, this bias is like ramping up. It's getting harder to. And I think that by the end of this section, and I think we'll see more moving into the next one, that it's getting to, harder to determine what is bias. Mm-hmm. and what is actual events yeah that, like, i completely agree yeah yeah that like we're starting to see things that it's it's harder to dismiss as like oh yeah the maester just made that up or like oh yeah um you know that's actually he's actually being politically astute and just being like judged as being mean and a bad guy from hindsight mm-hmm. that like yeah. once you start getting into like he's participating maybe participating in torture you're like i you know, mm-hmm. even if he didn't participate, like, permitting the torture and, like, mutilation of your your wife's body is, like, yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, I think one of the good examples is this section where he, um, he goes to Old Town and yes. fights the faith, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in this section, he, um, you know, they're rebelling. He's dealing with rebels. And right. we've kind of talked about this a bit. It's like, what what level of violence is acceptable yes. when you're dealing with rebels? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is a good example of what you're talking about. He goes to Old Town. He does inflict quite a lot of violence. He brings Valerian and uh, lots of people die. Uh, we'll talk about the Septon <laughs> shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, he gives these, he gives trials to people. Right. And he says, you know, once you have your trial and you're convicted... You can either take the black or you can be executed, and I'll even execute you. I'm the king. It'll be, like, an honor for you to be executed by me. <laughs> and you can tell the way that the text is written that, like, when you read that, like, the first time I read this book, I read that with, like, a like a dark, like, he offered them either the black or execution, you know? Right. But I thought about, like, what if we 
popped Ned Stark into there. That's the kind of shit Ned Stark would do. Yeah, absolutely. The man who passes the sentence swings the sword. You can either go take the black, or I will kill you myself. That I mean, after a trial. Right, right. How right. much more just can you get with rebels? What 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 else is there? You know? Right, right. And this is in the sense that like he's declared them treasonous because he's declared them to be outlaws. Which right. like I mean, we can talk about you know dealing with political power bases by just declaring them illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, which is there is no free speech in Westeros. Okay, let's no, say. no, no, no. Um, but like, still, that's one of those moments where I'm like. Look, he could have just killed them all. He could have, easily. Like, declaring them illegal actually, weirdly, gives them an opportunity to just, like, back away quietly. And we see that throughout the this section, is that he does, like, give them time to... He gives them, like, a year. He says, like, yep. you have a year to, like, turn in your weapons and, like, stop. Mm-hmm. And after that, then we're going to hunt you down. So, like, think about it. Take your 12 months. Yep. And... Then, you know, if you're still doing the outlaw thing, that's on you, buddy. And it's like, yeah, that's actually, that's not at all unfair. Right. Especially in a feudal system. Right. And the text even says, it says something about how, like, um, that the that the warrior sons and the poor fellows were, like, along the, the highways and byways acting as outlaws and, like, mm-hmm. killing supposed loyalists, meaning mm-hmm. loyalists to, to Magor. Um, but mm-hmm. even the maester admits, like, that, like, some of these people were probably just normal people. Mm-hmm. Like on both sides, like both Magor is probably murdering some like just like average dudes, and like yeah. so are also like the 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 warrior sons and the poor fellows who are out there being outlaws. Well, the warrior sons the out and the poor fellows remind me a lot of Beric Dondarrion and his crew right. in A Song of Ice and Fire proper. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing we get that from Arya's point of view in the books. It's like they're attempting to fight this noble cause right. in a guerrilla warfare kind of way. And in the process, they do hurt people that really aren't involved. You know, Arya is not involved, but they like use her for ransom. You know, they like they do stuff like that, and it's like, yeah, it is. This is your perfect example of isn't everything morally gray? You know, uh-huh. it is. Right, it, it really is because the warrior sons and the poor fellows are people who have such genuine faith mm-hmm. in their religion that they're willing to put their lives on the line for it, and that could be commendable to be you know so dedicated to something to to really to really like literally sacrifice yourself for it um but it is also violence Mm -hmm. and it is also maybe violence against people who don't deserve it right so it's definitely an interesting little aspect of the story yep so yeah there's not a lot about the way that magor handles the faith that i think is outright cruel yeah it seems actually fairly politically astute and very smart. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, I agree. And there's like things um, you and I both had notes about this, the various skulls. The times. Oh my gosh, he has different skulls. He's so metal, Gretchen. So metal. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's two times he comes back from campaigning with like two thousand skulls or something. Yeah. And like drops them in the throne room, and it's like ooh, dark and spooky. Uh-huh. But he also went to Spencer's and got eyeliner that day. You know, like. He... <laughs> He's so hardcore. Right. Uh, and, and when, uh, after uh, Alice miscarries, he, like, murders mm-hmm. all the witnesses, which is another one of those where I'm like, so, Maester Gildane, if he murdered all the witnesses, how do we know what actually happened? Yeah, how do we know, dude? 
Right? How do That's we know an excellent what, point. That's how do we know what Magor said in the room where everyone else is dead? I don't know, but you know, whatever. Maybe there it, was a maester in a secret passageway. Gretchen, he definitely said it. Okay, listen. Definitely we wrote said. It, we wrote it in this book. He's cool. <laughs> he said it. Why are you asking questions? <laughs> Just like the last time, know. there are so many unsourced Magor quotes, and they're always yeah. like the worst possible thing that anyone could ever say in that moment. I'm yeah. just so skeptical. Um, but the other moment where he holds a skull is like after he's killed all the maesters and killed all the witnesses to the monster baby, he's like apparently found sitting on the Iron Throne, mm-hmm. like contemplating the skull of the maester that he just murdered. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm he's like, like, to be or not to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like he's just like supposedly like metal as fuck. He is. He's just the most. That he should be Magor the Metal. That's yeah. What it's just... Okay, petition to rename him Magor. The Metal. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, so I guess getting back around to what we said about the faith, like I was also thinking about how um, the way that the Maester talks about um, Magor and Visenya, like holding the other Targaryens hostage, basically, and is like, oh, mm-hmm. they're prisoners in all but name, and I'm like, I mean, sure. Also, again, this is, like, mm-hmm. good politics. Like, you... Yeah. I mean, every time you have a ward, it's because you want someone to behave, you know? Right. You know? Right. It and doesn't it, mean you're being, like, mean to them. Right. Like, just because, like, it doesn't mean that he's, like, throwing them in jail. It just means that, like, he's got eyes on them and they know they can't leave. Which, like, yeah. not great. Um. And I would like he frames it as this like, oh, yeah, they're like sneaky and suspicious and like conniving, you know, But it's a regular practice. It's a regular practice to do that. Yes. Super normal to like any potential power bases. Keep your eyes on them. And Mm -hmm. also, like, I was wondering if one could possibly even read this as like, you know, we probably don't want any more civil wars. Yeah. We don't really want dragons fighting each other, actually. Of course. And also, I mean, the fact that Magor is keeping these people around partially because, like, their potential claims to the throne all over the place he because he doesn't have any heirs. Yep. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you got to kind of keep them close by because what if you need to name somebody your heir? Right. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we've got, we've got some, like, Magor is the worst. And, like, we're still at the, like, okay, he's kind of doing some stuff that's not great. Like, in terms of his his personal reactions to maybe being cheated on. Yeah. Definitely not the best way to handle that. Um, Listen. Listen. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes you murder your wife and cut her to seven pieces and put her on the gates of the city. Well, sometimes that happens. Okay? Listen. He (laughs) slipped. (laughs) Oops. I slipped. Oh, no. He slipped seven times and cut her up. Mm -hmm. Like, listen. Right. Yeah. Like, that is definitely, like, if we're talking about where Magor the cruel comes from like sure that's a cruel thing to do it's yeah. also not a reason why everyone in the kingdom would call him that but like you know mm-hmm. um but like so yeah that's one of the maester's lenses is clearly like we have to paint Magor as the worst possible dude and mm-hmm. we are still in the point where we're like is he though like right is he the like, worst not... possible dude right he's not the best dude but no. So, I mean, as of this section, I don't think we've got... And they do start calling him Magor the Cruel in this section, I believe. Yep. It's it's this one. Um, and 
I remember the at the point in time it comes up in the text, I was thinking, like, they haven't really done mm-hmm. much yet to get there. Yeah. Except that the maester and the faith disapprove of incest and polygamy. Mm-hmm. So they're... Oh, and I guess the other thing that happens here is that he's a kinslayer. Yeah, because... So we should probably talk about that, too. Yeah, the fight with Aegon. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, where is it? Um, it was when they sneak into the city um that they say like people had grown weary of his supposed of his cruelties and you and i both had the same note of like yeah which ones what, are these? what cruelties yeah which cruelties? they say that because um uh Aegon and reyna i yes. I'm, I, sorry i got my targaryens confused they're the mm-hmm. same fucking name Aegon and reyna sneak into the city to get the dragons so you get dream fire and um, not Silver Sprite. What the hell is this dragon's name? Quicksilver. <laughs> I don't know. Silver Sprite. <laughs> I, I need, like, a chart. Uh-huh. Um, Silver Sprite would be a great name for a dragon. Uh, they sneak in to get their dragons, and it says they get in because people of Magor's own court betrayed them, betrayed Magor to let them in yep. because they'd grown weary of his cruelties. And I'm like, like, he gonna get there, but at this point, what are you talking about? We don't we don't have a cruelty right now. Like he's done regular regular king kind of shit. Right, right. And none of it is even like cruel for a king. Right. And unless you are considering anything he does against the faith inherently cruel. Which maybe that's what it is. Right. Maybe it's the fact that that there's instead of an attempt to unite the faith, there's just a straight up attack right on the faith. Right. And the, the maester is taking that as as a cruelty, right, right. And I've just I've just started to wonder if like the nickname Magor the Cruel is not like a nickname that he had for most of his reign, but was like mm-hmm. one of those names he gets like, kind of after the fact. I think probably was after the fact. Yeah, that you get it after the fact. Um, yeah, like I the don't maester... like like I don't know that Alexander the Great was like ever called Alexander the Great when he was alive. No, I doubt it. I don't. I don't know that we. I don't think we know. We actually that might be a historical fact. We might know. I can ask my my best friend's uh, um, studies that area. But yeah, that, like that's the that's the kind of like eponym that you get afterward. Mm-hmm. And so the maester's just kind of like trying to retroactively like work this nickname back into like. Well, he was definitely called that during his reign, and it's definitely because he did very specific cruel things. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's definitely how it went. Right. It's interesting because on this reread, I'm definitely like, I thought he was a lot worse mm-hmm. than, like, what I remember from my first reread was him doing tons of bad shit over and over. And now I'm like, he did bad stuff. And right. he's going to do more bad stuff as the chapter uh, winds down. Right. But, you know, it's not the, it's not even probably the worst stuff that we see from Targaryens. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and I think it might be because of his, his brain injury, but alas. Right. Um. Um, so the other lens that we have, shockingly enough, is your misogyny is showing. Right. Um, who would have thought this maester would be misogynistic? I'm so surprised. Um, and there's that, Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, there's times when, like, Visenya and Tyena are, are mentioned, like, in passing a lot. Uh-huh. But it's obvious that they're, like, a lot more involved than yeah. the oh, yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, Okay. Um, and you and I both noticed Poxy Jane Poor. Yeah. Like, my note was Poxy Jane Poor. That's rude. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why would they call her Poxy Jane? That's not nice. Yeah. I was wondering, 
I don't know. I just like, yeah, who, who gets that kind of a nickname? And I was curious, and this is purely just based on the way that Martin writes, was wondering mm -hmm. if she had been a sex worker at some point. Mm-hmm. Because that's, like, that feels like the kind of nickname that happens. Like, gate, you know, gatehouse Amy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're like, oh, yeah, we just get. Well, so, the, so pox, I mean, as far as I understand it, poxes refer to all different kinds of diseases. Right. Um, many of which are visible. So, like, if you just had, like, run-of-the-mill herpes, like, right. the, the kind that you, gives you cold sores. Uh-huh. You know, if you had it and you had, like, a bunch on your face, people would say you had the pox. Right. So it's like it could be visible. Right. It could also be other things like, you know, chicken pox is, a, is one of the poxes. Right. Measles is one of the poxes. There's, lot, there's lots of shit people got. Yeah. This is why you should all get vaccinated. <laughs> um, <laughs> Agreed, 100%. <laughs> PSA, um, we support vaccinations here at House of Fire and Blood. Right. And the other thing is, is like, that could be literal. This kind of a nickname could be like, oh, yeah, that's what misogynistic dudes who hate sex workers say and also just mm -hmm. to like what misogynistic dudes who just kind of hate women say is like well mm -hmm. she's probably sleeping with a bunch of dudes because we know that that's what women do and she's probably got diseases because we know that that's what women have and yeah. we don't like her because she's got power and seems to be a, a leader that people look up to so we're just going to give her the worst possible name that we yeah. can give her <laughs> I mean, they could have come up with something worse, I'm sure. Poor sound. The last name poor rhymes with some stuff that could be real bad. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. But yeah, I think it probably was either, either it was a pre-existing name, mm -hmm. like you're like you're say, suggesting, um, or it was just like you know generic misogyny. But I mean, either way, it's ge it's generic misogyny. Right. Right. And and also and she does stuff. She like fights in the right. in the woods and like is like leading men. Like they're following her. Like yeah. it's awesome. The maester says that she's one of the most vicious mm -hmm. of the like leaders, which um, you know of the leaders of the like bands of faith militant or like the faith militant, the people who who are loyal to the faith. Um, mm -hmm. Which like one kind of reminds me of Cat Stark because you're talking about how all of these roving bands of the faith militant. Yep. Um, yep. are kind of like Dondarrion's band. And I'm like, oh, look, one's led by a woman. Yep, yep. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, so in that sense, like, Martin could be do it playing on pox as in just, like, a generic term for sickness. Um, mm -hmm. In which case, you know, like, spoilers for Song Rise and Fire if you haven't read it, like, Cat dies and then is resurrected. Mm -hmm. So, like, she's, like, a dead body. Yeah. So he could be mm -hmm. playing on the idea of like a like a sick or unhealthy or unwell woman being you know in charge of this roving band, and she's very vicious, mm -hmm. um, which makes me think of Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But like also for the fact that like, I just I don't know if you had this reaction, but the mace was like, oh yes, one of the most vicious, Poxy Jane Poor. Anyway, let me talk about like the red dog incepted moon, and I'm like, excuse me, sir. Yeah, I'm like, I want to know more. Who is she? What what's happening? Uh there's so many things like that in Fire and Blood that are just begging to be a 10-episode miniseries. Mm -hmm. I'm like, just somebody, like, I'll do it. Like, sit, sit, like give me, like, a couple weeks. I'll sit down and write you, like, a little screenplay of, like, 10, 45-minute episodes. And it'll have a sad ending because, of course, it does. It, it would be, I would love that kind of thing. Uh -huh. Like, there's, they, I mean, I'm glad they're making, like, more series out of this. That they went, you know, House of the Dragon, obviously. But there's so much material uh -huh. that could be explored in that way. There's another one um, that comes up during, we talked about it on our podcast for, on Anabesh Book Snobbery. Um, the the woman who gets, Joanna, 
Swan, who gets captured mm. uh, early mm. on when Rain is, uh, Rainier is still uh, young. She gets like it's like a one liner in the book, like right. and it's one liner in the show. Like oh, she got captured and like by like a pentoshi or whatever and taken to the pleasure houses. Yep. The the book mentions that she like rises to become like the head courtesan and is known as the Black Swan and is famous in the entire area. And I'm like, I want that story. Mm-hmm. Show me that one. How did that happen? Yep. yep. You know, that's the kind of shit I want to see. Right, right. And, like, the reason that this comes up under misogyny is this is one of those situations where, like, the misogyny is in the fact that the maester is utterly uninterested in her story. Yep. That, like, he wants to tell you about, like, the red dog. Mm -hmm. He wants to tell you about this dude who, like, fights. Who who I am utterly uninterested in. (laughs) I am utterly uninterested in the red dog. I could not care less about the red dog. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there are, like, a hundred red dogs. Just, like, some you know, minor lord who decides to fight the dragon because he doesn't, like, you know... Very, uh, very Vulture King of him. Yes! Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, like, that's what he's doing. He's doing the Vulture King thing. And I'm like, dudes do that all the time. But, like, women mm-hmm. hardly ever mm-hmm. do that in this society. So I want to know her story. Right. Let me tell, you know, let me know what she's doing. And, like, he, like the Maester Gildane just, like, could not care. She comes up yeah. one more time, I think, later on in mm-hmm. the next section. And it's literally just to talk about how she dies. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Meanwhile, Septon Moon comes up. Like, every, like, Septon Moon comes up, like, every couple pages. I'm like, oh, yeah, and Septon Moon was there. Oh, yeah, and Septon yep. Moon was doing a thing. And, oh, yeah, Septon yep. Moon. And I'm like, great, cool. And I think the, that this is very similar to why Tyana and Visenya don't get a lot of page time. Yep. Because it's that same kind of thing where it's like the maester is not interested in talking about mm-hmm. these things these women are doing. Um, even though he admits that when uh, Magor goes to fight uh, his brother, he says Magor left his his queen, Tyena, behind mm-hmm. uh, with the hand to rule. Yep. So Magor himself, there's like signs in here that Magor himself does value the leadership of women. Um, given like how he treats... Uh, the fact that he leaves Tyana behind and who he ends up naming his heir and stuff like that. Right, that's very so. much like Aegon the Conqueror when he would go out yeah. of town and like he'd take one wife with him and leave the other one behind to be in charge. Mm-hmm. Like Magor's doing the same thing. He's like, oh, yeah. gotta go. Gotta go on a business trip. Gotta leave my wife in charge. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's precisely it. It's very, it's very, very interesting. Right, and I think that leads us naturally kind of into our next section that we talk about, which mm-hmm. is like what really happened. So like, yes, who's really in charge here? Um... And I love that the maester often, like, hints at things and then just kind of, like, ignores them later. Um, mm-hmm. So on page 82, which is the first page of this section, he says, um, But it was not the hand who had the king's ear. His grace might rule the seven kingdoms, men whispered, but he himself was ruled by the three queens. His mother, mm-hmm. Queen Visenya, his paramour, Queen Alice, and the Pentoshi witch, Queen Tyana. The Pentoshi the Witch. The Pentoshi Witch, of course. And it also, was magic, don't you know? <laughs> and also the fact that they have to call Alice his paramour because, like, he does. Like, the only queen is Queen Cerise. His only yeah. true wife is Queen Cerise. Even though they're married, it's still paramour. I think it's also really important to how the Maester is villainizing um, Megor mm-hmm. to have it be like, really, he was listening to the women folk. The women were talking to him. And it's like, he probably was also listening to his hand, who has a penis. Right. So, like, right. you know, uh, men can also make these decisions. Like, it's not just the women. Right. Right. And also, like, listening to his mom, like, he makes it sound like some of that is just 
the way that it's written is like, oh, he's listening to his mother. Mm-hmm. And you're like, right, but who is his mom? Who? She literally ruled the kingdom for like most of her life. Queen Visenya. Who? Queen Visenya. The wife of Queen. Like, look, if you want to do a song, like, if you really just want to be patriarchal about it, it's it's King Aegon's wife. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to listen to, the, you know, one of the yeah. conquerors? Literally right. one of the conquerors of the kingdom. And he's like, oh, but like, Megor listening to his mommy, and I'm like, just yeah. shut up. <laughs> like, yeah, mom knows what's up. Mom Mom's does actually know what's got, up. got this shit together, yeah. Right? Um, so yeah, once again, the women are in charge. Yeah. Really. Does is it this section where Visenya passes away? No. No, sorry. Alright, spoilers. Sorry. Um I mean, uh, we all know she's gonna die at some point. Um Spoilers, Gretchen. <laughs> everyone that we are talking about is going to die. Spoilers. Yeah, eventually. Oh man. Um, so let's talk. We okay. Well, so in terms of what really happened, yeah. So we were talking about what, the women in charge. Um, the we were talking a little bit before about the Ma- the Magor Fort. Yeah, I um, want to talk more about the Magor Fort. I love your comment. Maybe he really likes LARPing among us. <laughs> <laughs> First thing I thought of. He just wants a lot of secret tunnels to play with his bros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He likes hide and seek. Big fan of hide and seek. Yes. In the castle. Oh, big fan. Yeah, big hide and seek fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But I really liked your nor your um your comment that like how much is this actually Megor's idea? Was this Aegon's idea? Yeah, we because I know. feel like you know a lot of the castle is described as being built already when Aegon passes, and. I, I, I don't imagine they'd, like, tear parts down to redo them or whatever. Mm-mm. And also, like, having secret passages in your castle is, I think, like, a normal castle thing. Mm-hmm. To get, like, to be able to get you out if you need to get out. Right. You know? Like, there are secret passages in, like, the White House, for example. Mm-hmm. And in Congress and stuff like that. Because if you need to, you know, if, like, say a band of um, uh, stupid rebels try to storm the Capitol building mm-hmm. uh, one day all together with their stupid uh, little uh, American flags all over themselves. Just hypothetically um, speaking. Just, just hypothetically. Pull, pull, totally out of the ether, just making sure. If something, if something like that happened, you need to get people out. You can't get them out the front door. <laughs> so there's like, like the idea of having secret tunnels is not like, it's not spooky scary. It's extraordinarily practical. Right. Right. But they make it sound like he was like super like suspicious and paranoid, which like, mm-hmm. I think he might be. I do think that's starting to happen at I this point. I think that's yeah. starting to happen. And we will get yeah. to that more later. I don't know how much yeah. how far you've read it in my notes, but I have a theory that oh, we can talk theory? more now, but we'll come up, I think, more. Some of the stuff will come up, I think, next time. But, like, we can okay. we can plant some seeds now. Um, right. Interesting, interesting. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I think probably, I, I tend to lean that this is more the maester trying to paint him as spooky scary. Uh-huh. By being like, he made the spooky, scary tunnels. Ooh, and then murdered so everybody. And murdered everyone. And I'm like, so what do you, th- do you think he murdered everyone? I think he might have. I think he might have. I don't know if it's... I think he might have. And I think that, yeah, it sounds really bad. And also, I don't... I think that other kings might have done the same thing. Like, I don't know that this is entirely out of the realm to be like... This is pulled, I believe, from the historical precedent of the Egyptian pyramids. That there were workers on the pyramids who were locked in. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, and that right, was part you don't of keeping the secrets. Of the pyramid. Like yeah. this, this is one of those where I'm like, 
it's really not a good thing to just murder a bunch of your workers. And no, it's shitty. That, bad, the bad thing to do. And the things that rich people do. Like, I tend to classify it not as, like, Magor was exceptionally bad and more just, like, oh, look, this is just aristocracy shit. The kinds of stuff that rich people do because mm-hmm. they don't care about poor people and are desperate to protect their own secrets. <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, like, it's bad king stuff, but it's not, like, exceptionally bad king stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there is historical precedent for this right, kind of thing. Right, like, and there life. are plenty of other Targaryen kings that I would believe this of. And plenty of non-Targaryen kings or queens that I would believe would do something like this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Harren the Black, if Harren mm-hmm. the Black had had secret tunnels, he would have done it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's that disconnect between the um, the upper echelon and the small folk mm-hmm. that makes them, like, objects, right? That makes it hard uh or makes it easy to see them not as people and just as objects. Right. And yeah. dispose of them when needed. <laughs> right, yeah. And we're getting, like, some some other elements of, like, d- the disposable small folk in this mm-hmm. section as well. Like, with the way that Magor treats the faith, um, even if we don't believe that he came back with, like, a sack of skulls. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I want to believe it so bad. Uh, yeah, I, th- <laughs> I mean, I think it's really metal. It's um, so hardcore. <laughs> But like, even- I bet he also had some weed when he came back. Yeah, hardcore dude. <laughs> Absolutely, that's that's what he did. Um, right, that like making, and we talked about this in one of our other episodes. That like, Magor is declaring war against essentially the small folk and yeah, like the non lordly classes. Like he has a little bit of that Tywin mentality of like, I really don't care about the small folk. Like, yeah. I really don't care what happens to them, which, like, mm-hmm. a lot of kings do. But I think you see it pretty starkly with Magor, precisely in his War Against the Faith. That, like, the mm-hmm. War Against the Faith, like, yes, it targets the warrior sons, which are typically, like, knights, and potentially the second or third or fourth sons of lordly houses. Those are potential nobility. But, like, mm-hmm. the poor fellows, that's entirely small folk entirely mm-hmm. yeah. small folk based and like magor seems to have no problem just being like yeah a bunch of small folk who are deeply religious murder them all that's fine i don't care mm-hmm. they they are a potential power base and we can just destroy them um mm-hmm. poxy jane like uh oh when tyana is introduced as like the queen of whispers <laughs> yes Ooh. it talks about she speaks she speaks to spiders and rats because she's a sorceress right and like Let, listeners you can't see us but we're both wiggling our fingers at the screen <laughs> she's so spooky um and like it talks about how she like consorts with vermin and i was like is that just are you just saying poor people yeah, oh yeah, they're just saying poor people. You're That's just saying poor people. Like, when you say vermin, you mean, like, the lowest classes in King's Landing. That's what mm-hmm. you mean by vermin. You really hate poor people, huh, don't you? Like, you yeah. really hate the peasant class. <laughs> I mean, the, the the entire Master of Whisperers role requires that. Yep. Because you have to be, as a, as a like, noble person, blind to the fact that your servant can fucking hear you. <laughs> to have your secrets stolen. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that you have to be like like oblivious to the fact that they're a person who can hear and understand and speak. Right, right. To, and uh, have like, thoughts. To, <laughs> and have thoughts and like sell them and like, you know, stuff like that and like have ambition like you do. Right. You have you have to be like so disconnected from that. A- absent that, the Master of Whispers would never get anything because mm-hmm. people would be a lot more careful with what they say. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Um, and, like, Magor, I think, is, like, well, is definitely the first Targaryen king to have, like, visible antagonism towards elements of the lower classes. Yes. Um, I don't think but he will be the last, but he's definitely the first one who's, like, mm-hmm. perfectly willing to just, like, mass murder a bunch of poor people and, like, not care. But I don't think, like, I don't think that's a unique mentality, though. I do, like, I do think no. that for the most part, like, rich people, like, don't care about the small folk in Westeros because it's feudalism. Like, who cares about the peasants? Rich people don't care about the small folk now. Yeah. In, in, in now. Right. I mean, right, yes. So, yeah, <laughs> in, in, in this moment. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I mean, I have a personal theory that when you get super rich, it, like, rots your brain. Yes. Uh, like, you know, you should, like, and then that's what the, how, how do you not have some level of brain rot? When you're told you are the one chosen king and you are so special, you know, like, how do you not like, and and especially if that's what you think, and then people keep rebelling against you Mm -hmm. and you're like, stop it. And they won't like, fuck, stop it. You know, over and over. I'm going to bring my dragon. I'm going to bring my dragon again. I'm going to bring my dragon a third time, Mm -hmm. you know, over and over. What do you think Visenya thought about the fighting with the faith? Because she goes... She goes to Old Town. Mm-hmm. I think they were gonna like. Yeah. I think they were gonna like level it. I think they were gonna burn Old Town. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I think that she also might be behind some of the smart decisions that he's making with the faith. Mm-hmm. Um. I think we will see it more later after she dies. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. But like, um. Some of these decisions that he makes just feel like the kinds of decisions Visenya made in the conquest. Mm-hmm. The like, like, like asking mm-hmm. for hostages. Like when they, um, before they go to Old Town, there's this period where like they can tell that the faith is like really mad and gearing up. And like it talks about like ravens are flying all over the country and there were requests for lords to like bring one of their children as a hostage. And yeah. to like swear their loyalty to the throne rather than the faith, and I'm like that just that sounds so much like Visenya, like the kind that of shit like stuff Visenya they've done would before. do. Yeah, yeah. To I be agree. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send us your kids as hostages, and then like we will hold a child as a ward of the court, um, mm-hmm. to ensure your loyalty. Like that's the kind of thing she thinks of. Right, and giving people the chance to do that before turning to violence. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, saying like, like, listen, you know what we have with the fire and the blood, you know, but before we do that, maybe you want to just come and say you're sorry. Right. <laughs> yes. Which is what they do with the High Septon. And oh my gosh, I love this. Like when, when like the, a letter gets sent to the High Septon, it's like, you should come stand trial for treason. And the High Septon's like, no, you mm-hmm. should confess your sins. Yeah. And it, it just sounds like children bickering with each other. It's like, no, you do it. No, it's your fault. No, no, you say you're sorry first. I'm going to tell mom. No, I'm going to tell mom first. <laughs> and they're just bickering with each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and this is also the time period where we see maybe a bit more. So we're talking about Megor and the Faith again. Um, mm-hmm. Just so everyone kind of knows. We've kind of transitioned into talking a bit more about Megor and the Faith. Like... Magor also like totally pulls an egg on in this chapter where it's like he's so engrossed in building the Magor fort that he mm-hmm. literally lets the faith do whatever they want for like six months. Yes. He's just like, 
oh, fort building time. I need to work at my fort. I need to go build my fort. And like, he was really, really busy playing Minecraft. Okay, listen, he needed, <laughs> yes. he needed to build his fort in Minecraft. Uh-huh. And he didn't feel like doing anything else. So that's what he did. <laughs> right. And this just feels like Aegon shit again, where he's just like, I don't want to, I'm just going to sit here and build my fort. And I don't care what's happening in the outside world. He was as a form of escapism. What do you what do you do when you don't have Minecraft to escape into? You know, you build right. a real fort. And then it's, it explicitly says that Visenya strikes first. So while this is happening, like the faith is fomenting rebellion in the Riverlands mm-hmm. specifically, and the Westerlands like are like gearing up to potentially like resist the throne because the mm-hmm. the High Septon is like fomenting resistance in the Riverlands and the Westerlands. And, like, Megor's like, doop do doop do do build my fort, having fun. Yeah. <laughs> and Visenya's like, and then it says, like, and then Visenya strikes first. That, like, I just yeah. imagine Visenya being like, okay, I'm done. I just, I cannot yeah. sit here and wait any longer. Yeah. Let's go burn some shit. Yes. Sweetie, we gotta go. We gotta get on the job. Okay, you can stay and work on your fort. I'm gonna go. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And she, and she gets there first, and then he follows later. And she burns, like, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, a lot of stuff. She burns a lot. Um, yeah. It's like, again, when it comes to, when it comes to, like, people that are rebelling, it's like, yeah, you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. You kind of have to. Like, I, I, not that, like, it's good. Like, I don't, I don't condone dragon violence. Don't be violent with your dragons. Um, don't, don't do that. In this circumstance, what are they supposed to do? You know, they gave them time. Right. They gave them time to not do this. Mm-hmm. And they kept doing it anyway. And it's like, yeah, it is a fire and blood war of conquest kind of situation. That's what feudalism is. Right. So. Yep. Um, and then Visenya is also the first one to show up at Old Town. But she doesn't get to burn it down. She doesn't. You know what it is? She kind of tried to get Aegon to burn down Old Town, too. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Yeah. I think I think maybe she just had, like, a thing with Old Town. It's like a, a power thing against base. Old Town. It's one of the, you know? it's like one of the oldest, I think we, it said somewhere that like, prior to King's Landing, Old Town was like the oldest city in Westeros, like the yeah. oldest and biggest city mm-hmm. in Westeros. So it's a, yeah. it's a pretty big threat and it's the center of the faith. It's the center of the faith and it is treated like even during the conquest, there's no king there, but it's treated as like a whole other mm-hmm. place that needs to be conquered. Like if there was another city that needed to be yeah. brought into the fold to, to unite Westeros. Yes. It, was, so, it wasn't its own kingdom, but it had its own, like, conquest section. Right, yeah. So I think I think Visenya's just been dying to burn down Old Town this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine her just being like, oh, finally we get to just, like, burn him out. I wonder, I wonder if she just, like, really hates the Faith of the Seven. Like, I wonder if part of this is that she's like, this is dumb. Like, oh, one god with seven faces? Okay, sure. Uh-huh. You know, like, I wonder if she's just, like, very pragmatic and is, like, like ugh, seven gates, okay. Seven Kingsguard, okay. Oh, seven this, okay. Seven, like if she's just like over it at this point, she's uh-huh. like, what? Why? Why do we have this? Because like if she, like if she was religious, like if either of them were, like mm-hmm. practice, like practice the faith of the seven, this wouldn't, this wouldn't have happened. Right. Yep. They wouldn't be attacking the religious seat of their own faith. Mm-mm. So the the Targaryens, at least at this point, are obviously not practicing the faith of the seven. No. So I wonder, like, if Visenya's just kind of like over it at this point. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. So who killed the High Septon? Let's talk oh about God. it. Oh my God! I have the High no Septon. idea. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we got some options. We've got uh, who? What do they call him? 
call, call her like the witch lady patrice so we've got sir morgan mm. who was a member of the warrior sons so it's sir morgan hightower he yes. is the the brother of the kind of the lord of old town who is i think it's martin hightower at this point something else yeah yeah something hightower um and so sir morgan is his brother who is a member of the warrior sons um you've got the aunt you know the the, the maiden aunt the maiden aunt so, who's a so the, you know the witch the lady. cool the cool lesbian aunt who's a witch yeah uh, yep, could have sure. done it <laughs> uh-huh um yeah we've got the archmaesters with a poisoned letter somehow look <laughs> Did they this happen a lot? I feel like it comes up that they're like, oh, it was a letter that was in Sorcelled or Poisoned. I'm like, does this actually happen? Or, like, why do people keep thinking that somehow letters kill people? They sent, like, what's it, like, anthrax in the letter? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, like, shoved some purple crystals in there and were like, oh, here's yeah. some tears of bliss. And then someone's like, oh, what's this? I'll put it in my drink. And then he dies, which would be a dumb idea. Yeah, they um, send them like a like a letter with. Them. They're like, these are like really, these are like very tasty in tea. You should try mm -hmm. it. <laughs> um, Senya, of course, because yep, yeah, obviously, sorcery. Yeah, Dowager Queen Vasenya probably did it, <laughs> even though she was clearly ready to burn the city down. Yeah, I just no, love she could have been. She could have ensorcelled him somehow. <sighs> you know. They just she's a cannot resist accusing her of something awful. I, so here's where I stand. Or, or it could have been someone else, but we don't know. Uh, here's where I stand in it. I want it to be Lady Patrice. Because uh -huh. I want the cool lesbian aunt to have done it. Yeah. Um, but in reality, it was probably Sir Morgan. I mean, he's the only member of the, okay. Like, there is the, the giant pardon elephant in the middle of the room yeah so the, so magor magor does all those trials and everybody gets either the black or beheaded or whatever except sir morgan who is fully pardoned fully pardoned and i'm like fully oh, pardoned he did it that's why that's why yeah and like the maester he either did it or took credit or for took it. credit for it and like the maester yeah. totally buries the lead because like yeah. he has this whole paragraph where he's like oh all of the, you know, here are all of the options. And then he says, the truth will be never known. And then, like, a couple paragraphs later, he's like, oh, yeah. And, like, Sir Morgan got a full pardon. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Excuse whoa, me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's it. That's it. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Giant neon sign there. So Lady Patrice, if I recall, is is Sir Morgan's aunt? Yes. Or I think I so. Believe. So it is possible that both are true. Like, it's possible that they conspired and she actually killed him. Uh-huh. And, but Morgan took the credit to get the pardon because she would have never been, I mean, she wasn't going to be on trial because she was a woman. Yes. Yep. You know, so they could have done like a kill two birds with one stone yeah. kind of situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it says the Lady Patrice Hightower, Lord Martin's maiden aunt and a reputed witch. Yes. I'm just like, oh, yes, a woman who never gets married, totally a witch. Witch, witch, done. <laughs> I mean, listen, I got to say, my people, lesbians, don't do a great job countering that because the number of girls that i've dated who have had crystal collections you know right and and talk to me about the phases of the moon right you know yeah i get it yeah there's some overlap there <laughs> yeah there is <laughs> right um so yeah i like that idea that they work together somehow um yeah because i think i think that it's easier but they also don't say exactly how the septum died he just dies mm-hmm so nobody, like, identifies, like, what poison. It must have been some kind of poison. Because, obviously, if he'd have, like, 
if he had like a sword in his stomach or something, <laughs> somebody would be like, uh-huh. or like if his head was cut off, like, and then he was, you know, decapitated, we would have been told. Right. So it must have been some kind of poison. Right. But we do, we both tend to think, I guess it's it was not natural causes. No, he didn't yeah. just <laughs> conveniently die the night before Old Town was potentially just torched. No, that doesn't. Just and I don't it. think he killed himself. No, 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 no. 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 Um, he was too too much ego for that. So yeah, I I am on board with um sir morgan and lady patrice working together somehow yeah into it okay that be, see that would be a great episode of television yeah um you also had a question about like why cerise came back and i am also curious as to why cerise yeah so so when Megor comes old town they reunite and they have their like second wedding or whatever and i i cannot figure that out Mm-hmm. exactly i mean he's like you know you you could come back and like be my queen and i'll restore you to all your stuff but you have to like accept my other queens the only thought i have is like he just beat old town and the high towers obviously just participated right in in making sure that he won so i guess maybe they'd want cerise back you know in her position of power i w- yeah i wonder if it was a deal if some part Between of, like, whom? the deal was made of, like, okay, we will, I'm, I'm thinking of what you were saying about, like, like Morgan gets pardoned. But, like, the high towers mm-hmm. get together and are like, okay, well, we don't want our city burned. Right. Um, maybe if we kill the high septon, we can get some things out of Magor. Um, mm-hmm. Not only would we be able, you know, get pardoned for that, but maybe we can reinstantiate Cerise as the queen. Because even mm-hmm. though, like, they don't get along, like, I'm thinking of in House of the Dragon. Like, I cannot imagine Otto Hightower, even if, like, Viserys had somehow set Alicent aside. I cannot imagine Otto Hightower being like, yeah, that's cool. She can just live here for the rest of her life. Like, he would be like, no, I want to get my daughter back in right. court, reestablish well, her but- as the High Queen. Because if she gets to, if she somehow still manages to have a baby then like my grandkid is going to be on the throne right um the only thing that confuses me this is why i'm confused about this cerise left magor right magor did not set cerise aside Uh uh-huh so it's like she chose to leave or the high towers chose for her to leave Mm -hmm. and and when he took a second wife um maybe she was coerced by her father back in you know by the family back into it to be like yeah we know you left but like we want power, and this is how you get yeah. power. Like, you gotta go back to your husband, Cerise. Like, I'm sorry, you just gotta go back, because we want to have power again. Which is so unfortunate for her. They should have just let her stay. Right, look, for... if she doesn't want to be married to Magor, that's fine. She should be allowed to not be married to Magor. Right. Oh, uh, what did Cerise Hightower think said? No one um, ever. And I made the joke of, like, maybe she was into the sister-wife thing. Maybe she met Alice and, and Tyena, and she was like, oh, yes. Right. Yes. Look, <laughs> this... maybe Cerise was also queer and was like, Magor, meh. But she, she just needed to be invited. You can't you can't start being polyamorous without telling your partner about it. Right? Like, you have to talk about it. She Come on. Want, she, she just needed to be invited. She wanted to be in, as part of this. Um, it is no longer a triad. It would be a quad. It's a it's a polycule. Yeah, polycule. That's there you go. Yes. Yeah, she just wanted to be in the polycule. Exactly. She just wanted to be considered. So, yeah, that's our, our girl, Cerise. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I feel like we need to touch on Reyna before we go and all of the things uh, about Reyna because we love her uh, always. Okay. Reyna and Aegon sneaking back into King's Landing. 
they sneak in uh, on a cart pulled by a donkey uh-huh. under sacks of corn. And what do you think? Is that better or worse than the banana donkey from uh, from porn in Game of Thrones? <laughs> Bananas are potentially pokier. Mm-hmm. Also, they have spiders in them. Oh, they do have spiders in them. Yeah, you I can get, like, that. sometimes, like, spi- certain kinds of spiders can get in on fruit um, into the country. And I don't like spiders. Yeah, so you have extreme knowledge of where they could be. Yes, I am always aware of where any spider is in my house, unless they're hiding mm-hmm. very well. So, um, I would rather be in sacks of corn. Because I'm imagining <laughs> that this is corn kernels, not, like, cobs of corn. And potentially maybe even, like, dried corn. I don't know why you would be shipping, like, fresh corn. It must be dried. It's gotta be yeah, dried corn. Yeah, it must be dried. And, like, dried corn kernels are, like, like a beanbag. Yeah. I, so, yeah, like, I, so. I would rather be, like, in a beanbag situation than, like, tiny fruit spiders all over me. But that's just me. Well, I guess, because Jamie and Bron sneak into, into porn behind the so they're like walking behind the right the they're not donkey. in it they're not in it i kind of i think i'd rather i don't know they're both hilarious <laughs> and this is why i think they should make a show about reyna because like reyna's life oh my god has been has been wild the most interesting like, absolutely wild so interesting she's like and you know let, let me ask you whose idea was it to sneak into king's landing to get their dragons it was not aegon's <laughs> Aegon has not had a smart idea. He's got like two brain cells. No, it was totally Raina. Raina was like, we gotta get our dragons back. Magor's in Old Town doing his shit. We're gonna fucking sneak in like super spies, Mm -hmm. get our dragons, and get the fuck out of there. Right. And you are gonna claim Quicksilver. I'm not hearing anything else. Come on. Uh huh. Right. I mean, and it worked really, really well because Raina's a fucking genius because she's a genius and has really good taste in women because her girlfriend melanie um Mm -hmm. like dons male and leads the troops Mm -hmm. and is a badass Mm -hmm. i i love melanie melanie is the og uh masked lesbian of westeros yes uh who's just god bless i am also Uh, very intrigued this is one of those i mean um where, like, I want to know, why did she lead the vanguard? Like, I need details as to, like, why was she made the battle commander? Like. I don't think anyone could stop her. Right. I think, that was probably, I think that's probably one of those things where she was like, this is what I'm doing. And everyone was like, yep. I, I you know, I will tell, I will not stop you. Okay. Yeah, I like absolutely. Um, yeah. Which battle is it that she's at? That's at, not a fair castle. Where are they? Shoot. In this, in this of part of the, she's at the Battle of the God's Eye, where Aegon God's dies. Eye. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And she also dies. Rip. Yeah. Rip Melanie yeah. Piper, who oh, like she was one of the girlfriends who was like, I will bring my husband and we will swear allegiance to my ex girlfriend, and yep. then I will don mail and lead her vanguard. Yeah, like because a they were super chill best friend. Wait. They say they say they say girlhood friends. Girlhood friends. They were girlhood friends. Just her girlhood friend. <laughs> just her friend who decided to literally become her like battle champion. Yeah. So chill. <laughs> That's very straight oh. friendship right there. 
that's that's yeah i don't see um, i mean that's a, that is as lesbian as lesbian culture gets yes yes sword, um, sword lesbian our first sword yes. lesbian of westeros our first sword lesbian oh we love to see it uh-huh uh do we want to talk about some monster babies um before we talk about the monster babies just to wrap up like that battle mm-hmm. um Magor kills his nephew uh-huh. nephew in that battle and yep. is therefore kinslayer yep that's bad yes but also like so i guess i'm kind of trying to reconcile that because i'm like on the one hand it's like no one is more cursed than the kinslayer i get it that's one of the rules of our world also like his nephew was coming at him with an army and a dragon right right that's the question of like if you're you know? if your kin is coming at you with a with a sword and trying to kill you are you just supposed like, to let them kill you right because like Aegon, if Aegon had won he would have been a kinslayer yes Right? So it's like, if you're if you're defending yourself, which Magor was, does it really count, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know that it really counts then. Right. Yeah, I feel like kinslaying, like, that the concept of kinslaying should apply to, like, I mean, I guess we're getting into, like, legal, legal definitions <laughs> of murder, for example. Like, yeah, that if... That if you are fighting against your kin in self-defense, do you get to say, like, oh, yes, the gods will curse you because you defended yourself? Right? I'm trying to think of examples from A Song of Ice and Fire proper. Um, And wondering how much of kinslaying is just one of those accusations that gets thrown at you when people already think that you're a bad person? Maybe. I'd have to sit down and think about it. Think if there are any kinslayers within A Song of Ice and Fire that are in self-defense. I don't know that there are any. Um, that I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, you got the brothers during the dance, but, like, we can avoid that talk if we don't want to do spoilers. Yeah. And that's, like, a mutual combat, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah it's a definitely an interesting question. Right, like, if like... You, yeah, if you're in combat. That's the other situation is, like, if you're in pitched combat and you're fighting right. each other... Does it count as kinslaying if, like, you know, your brother's on the battlefield on the other side and you end up fighting each other? Is that is that kinslaying? I don't know. If if your if your uncle challenges you to a duel and you kill him, is it kinslaying? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes you got to kinslay. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know. So I, that's just like a, an aspect of this because that that's a held against Magor in yes. the text. That he's a kinslayer. And I'm like, that's not really fair. But I, like the, like you mentioned, I don't think the maesters be particularly fair to Magor in this. Right. Yeah. And I also wonder if Aegon had won if he would have been called a, a kinslayer. Because that's my question. Is like, mm-hmm. is kinslaying one of those accusations that only gets lobbed if, if people already think you're a bad, if people already think you're a bad guy? Right. Because if because Aeg- like Magor would have to die for Aegon to take over. Yes. Right. So if Aegon kills him, is he a kinslayer or is he has he defeated the usurper? Yes, you know. Question. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and what if somebody kills your kin for you? You know, like Drogo kills Viserys for Daenerys. Uh huh. You know, and nobody's like, oh my god, she's a kinslayer or whatever. Like, because uh-huh. technically someone else did it. But like, what if your army kills them? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know. And then just on the battle there was something else um before we move on to monster baby reyna stayed behind yes 
Okay. Why do you... So, Reyna stayed behind from this this battle where Aegon dies. Uh-huh. Why do you think Reyna stayed behind? Because she had a dragon. I think there are lots of explanations. And my first thought was, like, maybe she was trying to protect her daughters. Mm-hmm. My second thought was, maybe Aegon didn't want her there. Hmm. Because in the vein of, like, not wanting to appear emasculated because his wife is more powerful than he is. Mm-hmm. In the way that we saw, like, with Amy saying, like, no, Reyna, you can't have your dragon because then people will think less of Aegon because right. he's riding a horse. That I just wonder how much of that mentality may have soaked itself into Aegon the Uncrowned, who was like, no, my wife can't fight beside me because that makes me less of a king. Mm-hmm. We don't have any evidence I, of that. I was just like a thought of like, well, maybe I he ordered that. her to stay behind because he wanted to get the sole credit for conquering Magor. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. It could also be a combination of things because mm-hmm. I think if Reyna wanted to come, Aegon couldn't have stopped. Yeah, that's true. Like, how was he going to stop? Yeah, no. You know, yes. Like, if she wanted to go, she'd have been there. Right. So it could have been a combination of him being like, no, you are soft woman. You stay in castle. And she was like, yes, I am soft woman. I stay in castle, you know? <laughs> right, right. Because we've talked about how, like, she, she's smart. I think yeah. she knows this campaign is doomed. She also told him, I think in the last section we read, um, I, I will, like, press your claim, but I won't put our daughters in jeopardy. Yep. So we know, quote unquote, from her mouth, you know, uh-huh. depending on her how much you trust our various dialogues, um, that she values those twins more than him, mm-hmm. which is totally fair because those are her kids. And they're little at this time because when she sends them into hiding, they're less than a year old. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're baby babies. Yep. So um, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what the text said about their age. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I could see her being like, yeah, no, you're, you're good. Go with your your stuff i'm surprised she let melanie piper go yeah by herself but i mean that i mean that melanie piper could have been part of it too maybe melanie piper was like like no you have to stick you stay here Mm -hmm. with the babies right Uh, like this is where you're needed i i will go fight this for you right you know right and this is this section too like we talked about before that like this feels very continues to feel very much like rob and Cat Stark and like Rob's doomed march south where Cat Stark is going, No, this is a terrible no. idea. Stop it. Please don't let like mm-hmm. let's just, you know, live. Let's just Ooh, let's just you know live. Like be... you're gonna get yourself and everybody else here killed. Can we please not? And like I just feel that energy so much from what's happening with Reyna and Aegon. Yeah. You know what would be really dramatic if it's, if if someone on HBO wanted to make this into a television show. Uh-huh. Um if Aegon was like, I'm marching, and Reyna was like, no, please don't, and he won't listen to her. Uh-huh. And then she talks to Melanie Piper, and she's like, he's going to get himself killed. Like, he needs the help. Can you go? Mm. Like, if she asks Melanie to go, and then Melanie ends up dying. Mm. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. oh, the pain. Ooh. I love it. I love it, though. Right? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, that is very oh good. the dramatic irony. Yeah. Oh. I love it. Into it. Yeah. There we go. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, we got some monster babies. Our first monster baby. Woo! First monster baby. Um, uh, 
So this is Megor and Alice's mm-hmm. child. So she was, this is the one that said she was three moons in. So we think she's in like her second trimester. Yes. Somewhere. So I'll, I will tell you up front. I have no idea what to think about these various monster babies, this being the first. Mm-hmm. The the monster babies related to Megor have so many options for what it could be. Right. And I just don't, I just don't know mm-hmm. how to, how to reconcile it all together. Yep. So. What, it, do, what do you think? Uh, I will read the description. It says, um, during the third moon of her confinement, however, so, um, trigger warning for people, if you have anything about, um, miscarriage or mm-hmm. um stillbirth or anything like that um probably skip ahead i don't know about 30 seconds um yeah. and i will be done reading and we can you know we'll be in the discussion part so um this is page 93 of our version of the book it says during the third moon of her confinement however lady alice began to bleed heavily from the womb and lost the child when king magor came to see the, to see the stillbirth he was horrified to find the boy a monster with twisted limbs a huge head and no eyes um this cannot be my son he roared in anguish then his grief turned to fury, and he ordered the immediate execution of the midwife and the septas who had charge of the queen's care, and Grand Maester Desmond as well, sparing only Alice's sisters. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's all we know. Um, and one of those, yeah. this is one of those where I'm like, I kind of feel about the monster babies like I do about the dragon babies, which is mm-hmm. like, almost all of them seem to suspiciously happen with no living survivors. Mm-hmm. You know, like one apparently everyone in this room was dead except for alice and her sisters and alice will be dead soon thereafter mm-hmm. how do we know how do we know that right. this was a monster baby mm-hmm. um also like it feels like it fits in a similar category to the dragon babies as like ah uh, yes the targaryens are magical and sometimes that mm-hmm. magical means that their babies look like pseudo dragons and sometimes the magical means that their babies kind of look like monsters Mm-hmm. Or Mag- Magor himself is so bad uh-huh. that the, the baby will be, his baby will be a monster. Right. You know? Right. That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. That, like, this is a sign that, like, well, because we get, oh, that's later on. But, like, yes, that it can be a way to be like, wow, this dude is so bad that even his babies are monsters. Yeah. Like, yeah. he can't get any of his wives pregnant, but when he does, they're twisted, warped little monsters because he's he's like a demon you know basically Mm -hmm. like the devil incarnate so of course his babies are monsters right and like realistically if it was if it was magor's child Mm -hmm. magor is the product of so much incest right that he could very easily genetically produce a a fetus that is not viable right because of his own genetic issues right right so it could just be that right i mean another possibility is that like Someone was interfering interfering with the process of the pregnancy and and um, giving Alice substances that lead to poor development of the fetus in the womb. Like I don't mm-hmm. necessarily like none of this. Having not seen a picture of what this baby looks like, I can't tell you. But like some of the kind of like monstrosities that get described with the Targaryen babies throughout, like when they're not like dragon baby ones with like wings and tails and scales. Some mm-hmm. of them could be read as just, like, I don't know, like, something went wrong in the development of the baby. Like, in, yeah. in ways that, like, we understand to be normal. Like, it is normal sometimes that, like, maybe if you ingest certain substances or don't get enough nutrients of a certain kind at a certain part of your pregnancy, like, 
development doesn't grow right. Like the eyes don't mm-hmm. form. Um, the head is too large. Like a baby with too large of a head is like an actual thing that can happen. Yeah. For like oh, yeah. certain kinds of like development going wrong during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's all kinds of, I mean, even accidental poisonings, you know, right. if you were exposed to lead. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that, which they probably had in lots of shit. Right. You know, like, and like anything with so many things. It could also just be a regular miscarriage. Yes. Because if she was earlier on in her second trimester, like a, a fetus doesn't start really like looking like a baby mm-hmm. until like much later in the pregnancy. Right. Like, Google pictures of, like, first and second trimester fetuses, they, like, don't look like babies. They look like fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that could be, you know? Maybe you think it doesn't have eyes because you're not recognizing where the eyes are in the fetal tissue, you know? Like, right. it's it could be... And, I mean, there's so many options mm-hmm. for what could be. Do you think Alice was having sex with many dozens of men? <laughs> no. That's the option that I care about. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't. Um, it seems really convenient to me that, like, Alice has whatever happens here, whether it is, like, a normal... and Whatever the range of options are, from mm-hmm. a normal miscarriage to, like, a magical monster baby... Mm-hmm. Um, it seems really convenient that Tiana steps in and is like, yeah, definitely not your kid. Um, Alice mm-hmm. was fucking a bunch of other dudes, so it's probably mm-hmm. one of theirs. Uh, no yeah. need to worry, um, King of Westeros. You're, you're not bad. This is not your son. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just really suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I'm also really suspicious of that. I, ha- I have, like, potential headcanons to, like, solve these things because, like, so, and I think we're going to need the rest of the chapter to, like, fully discuss. Right. Uh, but just with this this narrow part that we have here, mm-hmm. if Magor, if Magor and Alice had, like, a true romance, mm-hmm. and he thought she really did this, like, he thought she really, like, cheated on him right. with, like, li- like, literally dozens of men. Like, there's, like, dozens of names on this list. Mm-hmm. Then his reaction given his history of traumatic brain injury yep makes sense to me yep what seems like an overreaction to us makes sense when you have uh anger control issues because you have an injury and you've been just slighted by like the one person that you really care about yep because one thing we learn i think it's in this section is that um it might be the beginning of the next section i'm sorry they kind of these two really run together uh he stops seeking tyena's bed after this i think that is the next section but yeah Uh uh-huh yeah yeah so like it seems like the one he was really into was alice Mm -hmm. and i mean like that's a major betrayal if you have a partner who's supposed to be your partner and you have like your agreed upon polycule situation but not your it's like not an open situation Mm -hmm. uh that's you know a major emotional hit yep and not that you should torture and dismember them. Not a good move. Right. But I get it from his point of view if you think about that layered with the the traumatic brain injury and his inability to control himself. Yep. Yep. And, like, the kind of entitlement that comes under patriarchy of, like, yes. the ways in which it is acceptable for men to do violence against women that they perceive as having wronged them. If you throw that into the mix as yes. well, then, yes. like, yes, that fits, like... 
men are allowed to do violence to women under patriarchy for like even the smallest things like mm -hmm. it is just expected so yeah if you put that together with like this might be like the one woman that he loved and is being mm -hmm. told that like she was having affairs with like dozens and dozens of men and you mm -hmm. have a traumatic brain injury you put all of that together and it's like it is a cocktail for violence and we do know that like the few times that we see Magor be deeply violent prior to this are about perceived um do come from a do seem to come from a place of like people that he perceives of as betraying him yes yes and I like which is understandable because like that's a deep emotional blow to feel betrayed yeah. and if you're you know he's older now he's like in his 30s at this point uh -huh. in the story right so he's not too young but if you're you know a king with all of the power and a dragon and you can and no one can stop you mm -hmm. you know and like I, I every time something like this happens in the story i think what what did visenya think yeah um and i don't know i don't know what visenya would have thought mm -hmm. if you know i don't know if visenya would have been pragmatic enough to admit to herself at least like this is an incest problem right I don't know if she would have had the knowledge for that. Mm -hmm. You know, because she had a child. No, like she had Magor. Right. Rhaenys, Rhaenys had Aegon or Aenys. Aenys, yeah. Um, and then Aenys had all these kids. So, right. like, she might, it might not have occurred to her or to any of the Targaryens that, I mean, they don't have genetics, right? They don't, they don't know nope. about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, I'm so interested in Tyena. I, I do not know what to make of her. So if you have theories, please, please give them to me. I want Okay, them. so this is the first thing I thought of. And I didn't catch this my first time reading this. This was like a thing that I started thinking about on my second read through because I've been so intrigued by Tyena this time around because she seems so mysterious. Not in like yeah. a spooky, scary lady way, but just in a like, what is she doing? Why, why is she here? Why is, why she, is she so into she this? Doing? Yeah. Um... Why is she so interested in, like, you know, take, like, she's the one who steps in when Alice has her miscarriage and is like, ah, oh, yes, Alice was totally sleeping around, and let me give you a list of names, and then let's torture them all, mm -hmm. and then let's, like, um, you know, see where that goes, and we'll, we'll chop her up into bits and display mm -hmm. the seven pieces, um, everywhere, because the seven symbolism, like, she seems to be really leaning into that motif. Oh as my hard gosh, as I just can't get away from it. Um, <laughs> that I started thinking about Mad King Ares. Okay. Um, and how similar I'm starting to feel like Mad King Ares and Magor the Cruel are. And that they both start out not bad people, maybe some men with like tendencies towards violence, and but. The longer their reign goes on, the more deeply paranoid they're getting and the more outwardly violent mm -hmm. they are getting. Mm -hmm. And there's a really compelling theory that I have read that Varys in A Song of Ice and Fire, or pri just like prior to the events of A Song of Ice and Fire, was feeding the fire of Ares' paranoia. That like Ares did have tendencies to paranoia before Varys like came mm -hmm. to Westeros but like Ares gets a hell of a lot worse and there's some interesting stuff about Ares part of his paranoia being trauma-based because he was like held captive by one of the lords 
um and like imprisoned for a while and then after that like he definitely is a different person so this like fits with kind of like the Magorg undergoes something traumatic and like becomes a bit of a different person after mm-hmm. that and like Ares starts to become more paranoid that like Rhaegar is trying to take power from him but anyway there's this really compelling theory that like Varys is like feeding that I think that's very much borne out in the text yes. of the Song of Ice and yeah, Fire that yeah that he's like yeah. Taking, like, the seeds of an already kind of paranoid, violent king who has, like, you know, is concerned that someone is trying to usurp him, specifically his son, and is, like, making it worse. Consistently Mm -hmm. making it worse and amplifying that, you know, that paranoia. Amplifying what looks like madness and cruelty and, like, making him worse. Making him more suspicious, more prone to violence. And I was like, what if Tyana is doing that? Mm-hmm. What if Tyana is playing a similar role in Magor's life as mm-hmm. Varys is playing in Mad King Ares's life? Like, what if she is, like, poking at that that paranoia, poking at that madness? Because, like, I mean, she is literally the one in this section saying, no, your wife cheated on you. The woman that you, like, if, yeah. if we theorize that he loved Alice, she's mm-hmm. the one going, oh, yeah, she cheated on you and not just once. Bunch of times, bunch of different dudes. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's not just somewhat like that kind of reaction is like can't just be explained by like maybe she's just a jealous wife. Like that if it's not no, true, no. which like I don't think you and I believe that it's true. No. And it's not just like she's jealous and it's not just like she's a spooky, scary witch lady and she just does shit for whatever reason. That I'm like, what if she's trying to amplify Magor's violent tendencies? Right. She's trying to manipulate him off the throne uh-huh. basically right but why yeah so that's the question i don't think we can answer that now but i just want to plant this seed here and i want to point okay. out to some other parallels between varus mm-hmm. and tiana because i don't think this comes out of nowhere um mm-hmm. they're both spy masters they're both associated yes. with like the spider and the you know master of whispers they have their she has her spiders and and rats and he has his mice and birds like they mm-hmm. they have a similar role in the court um mm-hmm. They're both foreign, which makes them suspicious by everybody in Westeros. They hate the foreigners. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically from the Free Cities. She's mm-hmm. from Pentos. And he's not from Pentos. He's from Lys, I think. But he... Yes. Pentos is where he, like, meets with Magister Illyrio. That's where they get hooked up, and he spends a lot of time in Pentos. Um, mm-hmm. So they're both kind of from that area. They're both born poor um, and rise to high standing. Mm-hmm. Um, both have this kind of mysterious background and origin with like disputed parentage like we don't exactly know where they come from mm-hmm. we have theories we have where theories comes especially from. for Varys <laughs> which you know Black, Varys Blackfire 100% on board yes. love it yes oh completely 110% yes um, like both are of a caste that Westerosi society considers untrustworthy like he's a eunuch mm-hmm. which makes him feminine and they don't like women and she's a woman and they don't like women yeah. um both clearly are wielding a lot of both explicit and implicit power in the realm and influence over the king. Um, they're close advisors to a king who, like, goes mad and turns cruel. And this is where I think I have a theory about what she's doing, but, I, like, I will plant it now and we can talk about it more next time. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited to find Which out. Which is that both Mad King Ares and Magor, if things had gone slightly differently, could have completely ended the Targaryen reign. Mad King Ares definitely mm. does. The sequence of events where Mad King Ares 
like the end of mm-hmm. Mad King Ares' reign is the end of the Targaryen dynasty. If things had right. gone slightly differently with Maegor, I think it could have happened here. Right. Well, I guess, and I guess we could talk about it probably more when we finish up the chapter. But like with Varys, the reason that Varys Blackfire is such a compelling theory, for those that don't know, the, the theory is that Varys is a Blackfire. And that he's trying to put a Blackfire on the throne. Yeah, that he's like, a, it, and the Blackfires are a descendant of like this kind of quote unquote bastard lit- Targaryen lineage. Like the, the right. founder was like a legitimized bastard of one of the kings. And so like right. that they have been trying to claim the throne from kind of the quote unquote legitimate Targaryens for like, like a hundred years. Yeah. And so, so Varys has a, a motive right. to do that. Uh-huh. Like he has a motive to destabilize the realm in an attempt to reinstate some kind yeah. of targaryen yeah, to bring leadership. in aegon who might very likely be a black listen like, look the real aegon with the smash he baby is the head. real he is the real aegon okay <laughs> i will die on this hill <laughs> so yeah he is a real hidden prince yeah, yeah we know why he's doing it we wouldn't know why tiana yet um but yeah i just like i like that i think that that makes more sense than like like, I have some headcanons, and we could talk about them in the next episode, uh, of how this, how this could puzzle piece together in, like, mm-hmm. a romancy kind of way, without just being like, I'm jealous, you know? Right. Um, but I, I prefer bigger picture kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like, who, who, then who sent her? Right. You know? Right. What's her, what's who, her who's, motive? Who's so interested in the Targaryens being destabilized? Uh-huh. Right. If she wants to bring about the that. end of the Targaryens, then why? I mean, the free cities would have a motive to not want dragons around. We'll just throw it out there. Politically, having a neighbor across the ocean with a bunch of dragons that can cause problems. Mm -hmm. Who are not not just like your trade partners anymore. Because Mm -hmm. like the Targaryens before they conquered Westeros were just like people who lived on Dragonstone who did have dragons but were like seemed pretty chill to just like well, the other the other bit of this is that the Doom of Valyria happened. Mm-hmm. Somebody wanted the Doom of Valyria to happen, right? There's a lot of theories about how the Doom of Valyria happens, and there's all gamut from natural disaster to like, you know, somebody did it. Uh huh. And like maybe the somebody who did that wanted the dragon lords gone, and now there's dragon lords, and they're like, oh shit, we don't want that. Right. Right. You know. Uh huh. We could have intertwining theories about what happened. Right. Right. So, yeah. just We can talk about this more next time because I think that in the next section we'll get potentially some more evidence of her involvement in things and kind of the shape of that. But, like, I, I, just, I yeah. just think that, like, it, reading this this time around was like, I, gee, I wonder if she's, she's doing something behind the scenes. But not in a, yeah. like, spooky, scary witch lady way. In a literal, like, in a, poli- like in a politics way. Yeah, in a politics way. Yeah. That she's so yeah, I think close so. to the throne. You know who else fits this trope? Uh-huh. Uh, who we've seen so far in House of the Dragon? Lady Misery. Yeah. Mazaria. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep tabs on Mazaria. Yep. Um, and how they adapt her in the show. Yeah. Absolutely. Because in, sh- in the show, they give her the motivation of, like, fighting fighting for the sm- small folk comrade Misery. Is, uh, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. China. <laughs> Okay, I love that. <laughs> she's trying to make things better for everybody. Right. She, she's uh, like Varys in oh, Game of Thrones. That. She's just a just a woman of the people, just really yeah. cares about, you know, the small folk. Varys, she's, um, she's Miseria Marks. 
Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> but actually, but in, like in a functional but, way. Yeah, but actually, not just as yeah. a joke. You you mentioned something while you were talking about your theory that I think we should also put a pin in. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot that Magor was almost killed by the Faith. Yep. I'm wondering if all this violence against them is because he's genuinely afraid of them. Yep. They, I mean, they did almost kill him. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, there might be, like, a trauma associated with that yeah. that he, like, can't get over. Right. Right. That he, like, sees them as not just a genuine political threat, but, like, feels personally traumatized by what happened. And so... Yeah. Even at the point where they're, like, definitely no longer a political threat. Because they're definitely Mm -hmm. no longer a political threat anymore. Like, they can't... There's nothing they can actually do to, like, seize power from him. They're just a bunch of outlaws wandering around murdering people. There's Mm -hmm. no need for, like, the level of violence that we see against them. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I wonder if some of that's personal, yeah. Yeah, that there's a trauma response happening there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Um... I feel like I have one more tiny random thought and then like there's like a theme that I feel like we can start to, to pull together for this episode. And my other tiny thought, yeah. which I should have mentioned earlier when you were talking about Old Town, is like it's definitely going to burn, right? In A Song of Ice and Fire? Old Town? Yeah. Why do you think Old Town's going to burn? I just feel like it's like sitting there just like waiting to be burned that like every, <laughs> you know, every certain amount of time like like the Targaryens are like, gonna. all right, do we finally get to burn Old Town? Nope. Do we find, can we burn Old Town? Uh, nope. Can we burn Old Town? Nope. <laughs> that I just like going like, okay. If Old Town doesn't I burn, know. I feel like Martin is just giving the biggest case of like, of like burning Old Town blue balls or something like that. I don't know what the right yeah. way to put it, but like. <laughs> I guess I could see that. I mean, we know the wall's going to fall. Yep. Like that's the biggest, obvious, most, that's the most obvious thing. Um, I don't know how Old Town would burn. Like, in what, like, who, who, I mean, someone would have to burn it with a dragon. Yep. And. The one theory that I've heard people put out is that, um, oh, what's his name? That Euron is somehow going to get control of a dragon. Yeah. And that Euron seems to be sailing for Old Town. So Euron could could burn it. It's possible. I'm not a big proponent of the Euron is as spooky scary as everyone says theories. Like, I I think he's much more a poser than, like, he seems to be. Uh-huh. And I know there's, like, a lot. I haven't. I, so I read all the sample chapters, but I haven't in a long time. So I don't really remember them at all. Right. I know there's a lot of seating for, like, he's trying to, like, summon dark and spooky things. Right. But I think vast majority of the dark and spooky things are fake. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Like, like, you know, what's going to happen when they blow the dragon horn or whatever? Uh-huh. It's like, probably nothing. Probably nothing. I think probably nothing. Right. But it works either way. It works whether nothing happens or it works if something does happen. Right. You know, if it actually does bind a dragon. Right. Um, right. And it could work so even if, like, he finds a way to get control of a dragon and it's not because of the dragon horn, but, like, he says it is because, like, so much of the way Martin writes yeah. is like is it we, I mean, the, is it magic or did we trick you like he could right. he could definitely find a way to like control a dragon and then be like yeah um it's because i blew the magic horn cuz i'm yeah, magic it was the magic dragon horn yeah magic dragon horn yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it could he could just be a rider he could just go and and you know yip yip on one of them <laughs> and <laughs> and you know cuz we don't believe that you have to be targaryen to right, exactly. ride a dragon you just have to be fucking crazy and willing to approach one and get on it. And, I mean, you're on is that person. Yeah, yeah. if anyone so, is crazy enough to just, like, 
see if he could mount a dragon. It's absolutely your on yeah. way. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, maybe I could say, I couldn't see, like, Daenerys burning Old Town, but I could see someone else burning Old Town. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I just... I just have the suspicion that Old Town's going to eventually just go up in flames and it's going to be very sad because that's where the library is. And like, oh no, I'm going to have Library of Alexandria oh. trauma. I was going to say that has a historical parallel that George might be playing with. Right. So Martin might be playing yeah, with. Yeah, burning, all, I don't the, know burning him. all the knowledge. He has a thing. Yeah. I think he has a thing about like the destruction of knowledge. Um, yeah. And how like the tragedy of that and how much destroying knowledge leads to like cycles being cycles of violence and like being perpetuated i mean and that's not being able to break out of it that's what's happening in the north i mean they don't know anything about the white walkers because yep. it just was like why the night's watch exists is like lost to history yep. you know mm-hmm. and what that means is like completely lost right um yeah and then i guess to, right. to wrap it all up we can talk about um themes one of the things that that stood out to me was as interesting um is the way that we keep talking about the many kinds of power and in and Mm -hmm. in this section it's i was thinking about the difference between inherited versus built power specifically Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh the dragons because i i keep looking at reading this fire and blood as if the dragons are always metaphors for power and like that yeah and i keep finding ways in which that's interesting and in this section like, it was about how Magor and Aegon both inherit their dragons from their father. Interesting. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. But it stood out to me that, like, oh. when Aegon the Uncrowned finally claims a dragon, it's his father's dragon. Yeah. And he uses it as a way to establish his own legitimacy, which is exactly mm-hmm. what Magor did when he claims Balerion. Not just because mm-hmm. Balerion is the strongest dragon, which, like, is true, but also because it represents legitimacy. Taking your father, if your father is the king, taking your father's mm-hmm. dragon is another way of saying, I am the legitimate heir. Right, yeah. I'm the one who huh. should be in charge. Interesting. Um, I wonder what would have happened differently if Aenys had waited for Balerion. Right, yeah you know if instead of you know getting and that leads to the other thing which is interesting which is that um in that kind of when you think of dragons as symbols of power and inherited power getting a new dragon versus claiming an old dragon like Mm -hmm. one of those is going to be perceived of as more a more legitimate kind of power Mm-hmm. So like Aenys, because it's already associated. It's already associated with somebody who was yeah. in power. Yeah. Yeah. So Aenys mm. like taking a new dragon, like, is kind of cutting him off from the established lineage of power, mm-hmm. rather than claiming kind of the established mm-hmm. dragon that represents the established lineage. But then once that dragon is established, like that's why Aegon's like, well, if I want to claim the throne. I should claim my father's dragon because he's, it's the dragon of the king who was last in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so easy for that to be symbolic to people because it's such a such a powerful visual. Yes. Like, it's a dragon. Right. It's a big fucking dragon. Yes, it's a big fucking dragon. And the yeah. bigger and older, the more likely it is that people are going to perceive you as legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, and contrasting this with Reyna, I'm thinking that, like, Reyna didn't inherit a dragon. Mm-hmm. she isn't gifted power like if you think of like the dragons as like the inheritance of power and the kind of entitlement that comes from inheriting power from the from man who was just in 
in charge before you, Reyna mm-hmm. has to establish her own power because right. she has a brand new dragon. Um, Amy's had a little bit of this too, but like I was thinking in this section specifically about how Reyna has to like grow and nurture and cultivate her own power base. And mm-hmm. so she's always going to per- be perceived as newer and less legitimate. And she's also a woman. Mm-hmm. And how all of those things kind of work like that, like symbolically what we're seeing with like the claiming of like a baby dragon is another way of saying like she's perceived of as like not having the same kind of power base and she has to grow and cultivate her power. So she's working uphill to establish Mm -hmm. herself as an actual base of power and legitimate authority against someone like Aegon or Maegor who can just be like, oh, yeah, the last king, his dragon, I got it. Now my dragon. Now my dragon. I, I have power. I think now. this is a really this is a really interesting theme theory. I'm not sure exactly. This is a really interesting um, thing that you've noticed. I'm curious to see going forward mm-hmm. as more dragons are are passed down because more come onto the field. Right. Seeing who claims what, and what that does to them, and how the maester treats it, because like we know from House of the Dragon, sometimes the smallest girls claim the biggest dragons. Right. And, you know, how does the Maester talk about the fact that, like, Lena Valerian mm-hmm. rides Vagar? Right. You know? Does he talk about it like, wow, that's awesome? Or does he talk about it like, and that happened anyway, moving on, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like, Vagar yeah, was too old that... to worry about this tiny girl climbing on her back. So, like, whatever, it's fine. It was not a big deal. It was not important. Yeah. Vagar, Vagar was confused and thought it was Visenya. <laughs> Vagar would let anyone ride her at this point because she doesn't know where she is. <laughs> oh, she's an old lady. <laughs> she's like a giant life alert necklace on her. <laughs> oh. But I, I like that a lot. That's I had not noticed that. And I think that's really, really, really interesting. So, yeah. Huh. Um, All right. Cool. Okay. Well, so the next section is going to be oh gosh do you have the pages there um i believe um, i mean it's through the end of the chapter so if you're end of this using chapter. a book that has uh page numbers it would be we are starting with um the second full paragraph on page 94 that begins with king Magor himself departed king's landing um and then ending with the end of the chapter which if you're reading a like a book in your hands it is page 106 yes and i will finally wrap up this long, long chapter that we've done. Oh my gosh, we can move on, uh, finally. Yes. And talk about so the, the true best is King Jaehaerys. He was the greatest. Yes, nothing, no, nothing, no, no notes. Nothing. 10 out of 10. You're all, how high-pitched our voices just <laughs> like, oh, it's, fine. <laughs> it's fine, everything's fine. It's good, it's good. He did it all himself. He was the bestest uh, dad and the bestest king. He was. If you guys want to reach out to us, if anyone's interested in questions, or if anybody wants to be a guest on the podcast, um, you can reach out to us at House of Fire and Blood Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until next time, remember, if you love a sword lesbian, you might just lose her in battle. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Melanie Piper. Melanie Piper. Uh, and also, uh, torture is a really terrible way to get meaningful information. What, yes. Whether you are a um, Targaryen king or a U.S. president. <laughs> okay, whatever. Could you be talking <laughs> hypothetically speaking. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.
couldn't figure out for a while how I messed up my back, uh, but then it dawned on me. So I was at Otakon, the anime convention I went to, mm-hmm. um, having a grand old time. And m- mind you, this whole the whole story, imagine I am dressed as Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. Yes. During the, this entire chain of events that's about to occur. <laughs> so the gaming hall at Otakon is open till 1 a.m. I'm at the rock band station with all of my friends till 1 a.m. All of us going absolutely fucking feral on this rock band station. Amazing. Screaming like Bon Jovi songs and like anime songs. It's fantastic, right? And it was awesome. But then they kick us out. But the con itself didn't close till 2. So we just go outside the gaming hall. We're like in the hallway and someone had a speaker and started playing songs. And they started playing like Cotton Eye Joe, Wobble, Cupid Shuffle, that kind of stuff. And we were like, yeah. oh yeah, we can dance. So there's like a bunch of nerds at 2 a.m. in this con dancing. And they play the cha-cha slide. And I'm like, that is my shit. That is my jam. Uh-huh. I can cha-cha slide to the cows come home. And when it does that part, how low can you go? Can you go down low, that part? Uh-huh. I'm like, I can go all the way to the floor. I'm, I'm a youth. Yeah, I uh-huh. can, yeah, I sure. Can so I went all the way to the floor, and then I and I got back up, and I was like, "Awesome! Like I did that! Like I'm so proud of myself!" Whatever, and like everyone was like cheering, and it was all great. Several days later, my back started hurting terribly, and I was like, "I didn't do anything! Like what could I possibly have done?" And I I realized the only thing that that could have caused it was when I did in fact go all the way to the floor, as per the Cha Cha Slide song. So, <laughs> our bodies just, slide. Our bodies are too old to go down all the way to the floor, Caroline. Okay, we can't go down all the way to the floor. I was trying to do a move that Taylor Swift does in her in her uh-huh. uh, uh, Eras tour, and I did, and I, I hurt myself. So I have been personally attacked by Taylor Swift yet again. 